You're listening to ModPod, brought to you in association with the River Alehouse Greenwich, South East London Pub of the Year 2022. Hello, my name's Gavin Billiness and welcome to the ModPod Brownie Bonus Podcast, where myself and ModMaggers Will Dalton, Steve Charnock and Big Dave Lockwood draw questions for Brownie from Dave's luxurious velvet bag in an FA Cup draw styling. It should all make sense. Anyway, here we go with Mr. Steve Brown. Enjoy. Um, right now, Dave, we're going to do something a bit different, aren't we? Yeah. We're, we're going to do yeah, an, yeah. Uh, an FA Cup draw of sorts. <laughs> um. <laughs> We've got a bag of balls. Right. Far Dave, away. Isn't it? Yeah, Dave, got uh, yeah, it's Dave Lockwood's ball bag. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're calling it. So, Dave, if, if, you, um, if you pull the, the home teams out and, and say the number. Number eight, Barnsley. Okay, there's a, there's a question relating to each, each, <laughs> each club. Um, this is very professional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> we haven't thrown this There's a red velvet bag. It's all very FA Cup, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. We were going to try and get two ex-pros to do the home teams <laughs> and the away teams. But, uh, okay, so number eight, Barnsley. You're on Parkinson, the chat show. Tell us your best career anecdote, Brownie. What's that got to do with Barnsley? Parkinson, Barnsley. <laughs> oh, for <laughs> God's sake. Barnsley, it's tenuous. <laughs> oh, my God. That's good, that's good. My best what? Sorry. Your best career anecdote. Um, maybe, something, maybe something that you thought maybe you couldn't really tell on air before on Charlton TV. Uh, well, listen, we've, we've, we've obviously had some, some very good pre-season trips, haven't we? Right? And uh, we had a particularly good one down at... Uh, at uh, St Melian, great trip, right? But we we played, oh, where do we play? Somewhere, somewhere down near Bournemouth, right? Dorchester on a friendly on the way down. Finish the friendly, off we go down to St Melian. We get there about ten o'clock, right? And we get off the bus and you go and go to reception and get your keys. And we're in a, a lodge with ten, so five five rooms doubled up. I'm with Graham Stewart. Uh, there's Yowsey's in there, Kinsey's in there, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And Kins pops back out. He goes, I'm starving. He said, so I'm going to go back up to the main the main room. He said, and uh, we'll get 10 cans of Coke, 10 Mars bars, 10 bags of Chris. And, and you know, anybody interested? Yeah, yeah, starving. Go on up you go. So him and Graham Stewart, off they go, 10 o'clock at night. 10.30, 11. <laughs> 11.30. We ain't getting this, are we, lads? All right. So we all go to bed. Thinking, I don't know what they've got up to. 5.30. Eight, yeah, five thirty in the morning. Excuse me, mate. I said, yeah. He goes, uh, can you can you come and get your mate off the sixteenth green? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, what? He said, yeah. He said, listen, the governor's going to be in at six. The cameras go on, and your mate's lying on our sixteenth green. <laughs> <laughs> so out I go, drag him back indoors, and. Uh, Anyway, we go up the next day, we get ready for training and those two are a bit worse for wear, right? So I walk back up the... Um, we all walk back up towards the main building where, where we're having breakfast and there is just cans of Coke, Mars Mars and Chris <laughs> littered all the way down from the bar to, to where they fell over and went to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> but there's lots of ones I could tell. So I probably shouldn't have told that. Was it that. Green? Was it Kins? Or was uh, it one of those two. Oh, okay. <laughs> Doesn't matter who. Riding the bike, was he? No. It's, I probably shouldn't have told that. But it, <laughs> listen, the point being that 
that team, I mean, they trained that day and they were dreadful. <laughs> right, but we got them through it. Curbs didn't even know. I told the story of Curbs a couple of months back and he went, I wouldn't have had a clue. But, uh, I mean, we were, we, so we all, when you warm up, you generally do like circle, don't you? two in the middle, bang, 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 trying to keep the ball from them. And we were deliberately not passing to them <laughs> too because they just, they couldn't even see straight. So bless you their looked after them. You, Absolutely you looked after them. Yeah, got through that day. We, the thing is about that team, you could do that, right? But come the next night when we're playing Torquay, Exeter or whatever, those two are on it, massively on it, you know, because, you know, so I guess some people, you know, we've all done things and had a drink when we shouldn't and stuff like that. You know, some trips to Ireland where things have happened. And <laughs> <laughs> but the, the point being that that team never got itself in a lot of trouble. And and if, you know, it could, it could go off and have a drink and come, you know, when you need it to be professional, we were very, very professional. But... Things like that go on every freezing trip at every single club. It's a good anecdote. Thanks, Brandon. <laughs> right, Too honest again. <laughs> <laughs> Next poll, 53, Manchester United. Right. Okay. Have you ever had the hairdryer treatment from a manager? Uh, no, not necessarily a hairdryer treatment. I've upset curbs on a couple of occasions. Uh, I upset pards on one occasion, but only because I sort of caught him out. And he didn't really have an answer for me, so I got the up with me because he knew he'd been found out, really, in terms of what he called me in for. He ended up just going, I'll just get out, because it proved him wrong in the, in the analysis of what he was trying to blame me for. And I turned it right round on its head, and he ended up not having an argument and, and threw me out there, the analysis room. But Curbs, see, Curbs comes in and he, he, gets, he, he could get quite aggressive, but it was, we said this Saturday, it's, it was always fair. Right, he was never aggressive just for the sake of being aggressive, and he never, you know, he never got in your face and hair dried you. But he'd walk around effing and blinding and shouting, and, and you're waiting for it. And we we soon learned that the first person to go, well, who? He just attacked that person. <laughs> so if I went, well, name names, you know, if he'd say his favourite line was use, see use use lot, use. and then someone would go, who? Because there were certain players, and I will say this, there were certain players in a team, if you didn't name them, it weren't them. <laughs> right? So I knew when I made a mistake, and I, generally you learn to come in and go, boys, I'm so sorry, oh, that's me. Apologise, gaffer, sorry. And he'd still have a go at you. He'd still tell you what you've done wrong, what you should have done and all that, but at least you got it out in the open. There are other players sit down and hope that no one notices. And so when he says use, like, that ain't me. No, it was you, you know. And there's a couple like that. And we used to go, well, who? And he'd go, you! And then he'd just start on you straight away. So, uh, and then he'd rip into you for a couple of seconds. But it wasn't really hairdryer. He never, never got aggressive. He once punched a drinks dispenser and knocked it over and the lid came off and it went all over the, the floor. But that was in the old port cabins. Right. So quite early on. And I think, I will say this, I do think he mellowed out as he got further into his career. Because the further you get away from your playing days, the more mellow you become in the dressing room. You still make your points, you're still firm. Um, but you do tend to get a little bit less aggressive as you get further away and more methodical, actually, with with your with how you put it across. Do you think that works, the, the, the no. bollocking someone? No, I, th I think you have to sometimes for yourself. Right. You are the leader of that group, right? And that group represents you. And one of the what, managing, one of the hardest things for me managing, you know, well, firstly, managing up's the hardest thing because, quite honestly, the person above you has less knowledge than you about football. 
and you can't quite understand why they question you on certain things and you have to explain that and if you're not in, in the right frame of mind to explain it you end up saying things you shouldn't and that's a, that's a tough one to do curves was exceptional at managing up right right what i would say is in in terms of um uh lost my trail of thought say that again um I, I was asking do you think it's counterproductive when a manager just yeah calls so, out yeah so i think i think for your sake you have to do it because every now and again every now and again when when a situation arises that you you don't want to be acceptable you have to do it but it doesn't work on a level where they sit there in fear they don't they say oh here we go he's going to lose his temper but you have to do it for you sometimes and i think some of the, the best ways to to deal with it is to sub the player off right bang off i'm not having that you're off bang and if it costs you a result for that day you know if if you go on and the opposition equalizes you know, you've cut your nose off to spite your face in that respect, but you've made your point. Mm. When you're just shouting at people, and ra- they just switch off. Is that counter- counterproductive for the player? Because the player knows he's made a mistake. Like you said, you know, you, put, you hold yeah. your hands up. Then to be subbed off and to be shouted out in front of your teammates, that can't do anything for your confidence, can it? No. I mean, he once, Man City away, I didn't play particularly well in the first 45 minutes, and he come in... <laughs> And he just looked at me and he pointed at me and he went, if I didn't need you to effing go and go, you'd be <laughs> off. You were rubbish. Like that. And I'm putting on the gloves. Like Samsy threw me over the gloves. And I'm putting on the gloves and I'm going, oh, cheers for that. I'll just, I'll just get myself in goal now, shall I? And he was going, do what you want. Just get ready. You're going in goal. So he was quite banging in your face and on you. And the hardest thing with Curves was he expected you to do your job. So when you did something well, he never went, by the way, that was an unbelievable block today. Or that Eddie you made on the line saved us too. Keith did that. Right. Right? Because he could... But Curbs came in and that was expected. Well, you're a defender. What do you, what do you want from me? A praise for doing your job. <laughs> but then when you were wrong, you just went wrong, he was on your case. And sometimes that's hard to take because you're not getting the praise, but you're getting the criticism. Yeah. But you learn... You do learn that that's his style. And that's good cop, bad cop with... And then, well, and Merv was a good cop as well. Right. Merv could be both, to be fair. Right. Merv could give you... A, I mean, Merv, Merv was... Physically, is like a beast. Like, he's tall and he's strong. And if he wanted to, he could have lost his temper and, and, and put you in your place. But Keith was the one that would go out of his way. Might be on the Monday. He's had to think about it over the weekend. He's like, no, you deserve a pat on the back for that. I remember once at Newcastle, I came on a sub and I cleared a ball off the line. And when, when, you, when they're on top of you at Newcastle, you cannot hear yourself think... You honestly, the noise levels there are as as loud as anywhere in the country. Anywhere with the fifty thousand they have, you could have eighty thousand somewhere else. It's not like Newcastle. And I made a block on the line, and it was a really like block out of nowhere. I think everyone thought it was going to be a free kick, so everybody stopped. I carried on and made the block, and everybody else had stopped. Um, and Keith came and found me on a Monday and said, "See that block Saturday? If if that if you don't make that, it's one all, and we lose." We concede again in the last 20. Mm. And actually, we've gone on to win the game 1-0. You know, incredible foresight to carry on, play, you know, and not stop. Well done. So he did those little things. And, and I don't care what anyone says. Everybody loves to hear, you know, a bit of praise. Mm. And, I, and that's where Pards... So I would say Curbs was, was excellent in many, many areas. Um, and Pards was different. Pards would... That, he'd play on that. He'd tell everyone they were great. He'd call a back four in on the Monday and he'd go, watch this. And you'd watch it together as a four and he goes, that's why you, we're going to win the league. Because you four are going to play like that every week for me. 
you know, so you walked out of his room 10 feet mm -hmm. tall. So he had, he had that side to him that was really good. But he was nowhere near as maybe as thorough as Curbs on the tactics. Right. You know, you, you know, Curbs would, would I, I, I'd take my, um, I take my report and opposition every week, read it back to front three times. You know, and then we did our work on the training ground. I knew exactly what I needed to do. Whether I could execute or not yeah. was, was a different matter because you're up against world-class players. But there was no stone left unturned. And where I think Curves was probably um, not given enough credit was for reactions of things during a game. He could see things. His football brain is, is very, very good. So he could see things develop in a game and change it and know what we needed to do to stop it. Couldn't do it every week because you were just up against better players. Mm. But if you know, he was very good at reacting during the ninety minutes to you. You know, and I'm not talking about substitutions. I'm talking about what you needed to do as a team if we were sort of tactically not not getting the better of our opponents. Right, next ball, forty six, mm. Leeds United. <laughs> the question is, who's the dirtiest player you've ever played against? Duncan Ferguson. <laughs> <laughs> next. <What a> <laughs> Yeah, and animal. Elbows, I will say though, I did play against Mick Harford when I was a kid in a reserve game when he was right at the end of his career, um, and I would never have questioned Mick Harford in my life if he looked at me and wanted a row. I'd have run. So Mick Harford was probably the strongest player, but Duncan. I mean, I loved the battle. If I'm honest, I had a couple of battles with him. Loved it, but he he was awkward. He was strong. Uh, and he's just weird, is that? And he's a, no, he's a bit of. Like, he's just listen. He's angry. Uh, he's a bit of a. <laughs> listen, off the pitch, I'm sure he's a wonderful fellow. Never met him off the pitch, but on the pitch, yeah, he was. He was a handful, and and he hurt you. Yeah, you know. Was there any sledging going on? Does that go? Uh, on? Yeah, sledging. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, and childish <laughs> stuff as well. Like, like, like really childish. But I, I, I didn't tend to say anything. I would, I'd do physical things like toe punt your Achilles and. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then when if I, and if I if I tackled somebody and they went down to the ground, I tread. So where you know where your foot and your leg join there, I tread on that as I was trying to shake your hands. <laughs> you know, and I, I, had, I did one down at Cardiff, and the geezer got started running after me. <laughs> going, Referee, you know. So I did those sort of things because I always say if you try and make the, the centre forward concentrate on you and trying to get you back rather than the game, you're yeah. starting to win that psychological yeah, yeah. battle straight away. You know, some some love the battle. Mm. You know, you you give them a dig, they give you a dig. You hit them off the ball, they hit you off the ball, and it's all part of it. And it's who's going to blink first. Yeah. And that's without the tactical side of it, and the runs and the movement, and <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, you, you know, who's going to soften up first. But yeah, I, I quite like that side of the game. Right. Yeah. It's kind of psychological. Kind of. I didn't mind. Yeah, going for ninety minutes like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Quite liked it. Excellent. <laughs> Next ball there, ninety-two Wickham Wanderers. Mm. Okay, uh, which former teammate has the worst hair? I'm assuming, I think this is yours, Steve, is it? Is it? Because I, 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 I was just going to say, I don't know hair. what the inspiration for that well, was. Well, it's with home, isn't it? Gary, home. Gary Fainson, oh, that wasn't mine. Like, Christ, oh. that wasn't mine. Is it, is it, is that was me. Oh, Wickholm. That's the, the link. Oh, Gary oh, Ainsworth. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, that makes more sense. Uh, okay. Well, look, so the worst hair, I'll tell you what I will say. Not, maybe Wickham. not the worst hair. <laughs> but the one we used to take the mick off most for his hair because he was losing it at the age of about 24 was Robbo. And we reckon he had the thickener and the hair and the hair replacements as he, like, he, he got more hair as he, as he grew up. Yeah, as we Jimmy got... Jimmy White products. Yeah, yeah, White the, the Shane Warns and the, yeah, all, <laughs> yeah, all that yeah, going yeah. on. And, and, and 
we used to say, we've had, a, we've had implants on your hair all day long. And he'd go, no, I'm using this special shampoo. <laughs> he'd see, and he'd, he'd wave it around and you go, no, you were bald three years ago. So we're, I'm not having that. And we, he used to get ripped to pieces for that. So he probably got the worst Barney. <laughs> <laughs> Next four, 57, Milton Keynes Dons. Okay. What's the biggest thing you've ever stolen or had stolen? It's <laughs> random, isn't it? MK. Milton Keynes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, no, I, I get the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some you might have to explain. That one you did. Look. Um, I mean, I've stolen plenty of stuff out of the clubs. Always. <laughs> well, well, I have to make a citizen's arrest. Yeah, well, you know, it, I, I, I mean, again, you could narrow it down. I haven't worked at many, so... <laughs> but, yeah, you always... You, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit of a, you know, kick... Any kit lying around, you know, <laughs> I'll have that. Football's for me kit. So when my son was young, oh my God, the amount of footballers I took home for him. <laughs> just pop that in the back of the car. <laughs> should, should Here's just, another one, Georgie. <laughs> should you say, don't nick anything from a museum? No, <laughs> I've actually put loads of my stuff in here, actually. To be fair, I've put loads of my stuff in here. You know, it's no good to me. So, But yeah, I, what I've had stolen. Oh, I had my golf club stolen out of the car. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. And then halfway up the road, they must have realised I was left-handed because they started dropping them off. <laughs> <laughs> Resale value on left-handers are, like, dreadful. And it was, like, honestly, all the way down our road, it was a long, straight road. There was, like, a five-wood, you know, three doors down and a three-wood. <laughs> so you got them all back? <laughs> no, they took the irons. Yeah, yeah they just... And the woods were... I mean, I do keep things for a long time there. They were old woods. <laughs> Next ball. Number four, AFC Bournemouth. Okay, Jan Kermigan or Steve Jones? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Jan Kermigan, yeah. Yeah, and I love Steve, and I didn't play with Jan. But um, they're two different players, really, I think. And I, I, I haven't studied Jan, but Jan, I, I think Jan would probably be a better hold-up player than mm -hmm. Steve. Steve would, was a willing runner. He'll admit to you now, if you have Jonesy in, he's a funny guy, right? And he'll admit to you, like, he weren't the best player. He'd say that to you face to face, but he did a lot of work that people wouldn't want to do. You know, he'd hassle, harass, he'd, he'd work the channels for you, and he'd score goals. Yeah, to be yeah. fair, yeah, with no, but I guess you know, Jan's Jan's a finisher, right? He's decent, um, and and uh, you know, he's popular here. So, but I I, I would go Jan, yeah. Excellent. Forty-two, Hartlepool United. Ah, okay. Would you fancy a stint on the Sky Sports Soccer Saturday panel? No. No? You surprised no. me. No, it was hard enough to get me to do this with Scotty, to be honest. <laughs> really? But yeah, you really enjoy it? No, I do enjoy it because of the company. It's I, like, I'm a bit of a stickler for... Um, I've had a few few jobs go go wrong and working environments, you know, if they're, if they're bad, particularly in football and you're stuck in them, it's nothing worse. If I'm honest, I've had a couple of absolute horrendous runs at uh, clubs where I've had to dig in and stay because financially you have to. Mm. And, uh, and and there's nothing worse. And I wouldn't want to get started. I've put myself in a position where I don't want to get stuck in something. Uh, you know, So I have the ability really to, 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 to take on a job. And if I don't like it, I can generally yeah. get out of it. Um, the Sky Sports stuff, I wouldn't want the attention or the pressure. Right. Yeah, I fly under the radar with all the jobs. I try to fly under the radar. I like doing it, but I don't like the attention. So this is very isolated to one club. London is not, you know, it's not talk sport or, you know, 
or, or five live. Mm. So it's it's all I try. <laughs> don't do it on purpose, but I do. I don't like attention. I don't. I don't take particularly well to, you know, social media outbursts, and and, and I don't. You know, I got I got particularly harshly uh, treated when I was a manager. And my kids were upset by it and all that. And I've never really got over that, if I'm honest. I've never really understood how people that you don't know, yeah. that don't understand the job you try. I, mean, I got sacked in third and the abuse I got was incredible. And, the be- and my kids read it and it's like, yeah, I'm not sure I want a part of this, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so I always, I don't know if that's the reason, but I've always tried to sort of fly under the radar where there's not too many you eyes surprised on me. you. You surprised me. I, I thought I knew the answer to that. I thought you'd, You'd be well up for that. No, I don't know whether they would, whether they would hire you because you're. When you listen to chat on TV, you're like you're. You actually analyze games. That is insight. I don't think I've ever watched a Sky Sports game <laughs> where the co-commentator has said something where I've gone, oh Christ, right. yeah, I've never really thought about that before. You just get the, like someone no. saying, oh, this is happening, that's the, happening. There's but a lot. Like you're actually saying stuff, and I don't know. I feel like a lot of football fans. Uh, me and Will have spoken about this, and Gavin. Like we don't, we watch thousands of hours of football. I don't know anything about tactics. Like, right. I think there are, so there are a lot of lucky people. I will say that. And, I, yeah. and 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 if you if you if you, I've spoken to Maltz about this. Funny enough, you know, it was on last week or the week before, whenever you had him on. And and you know, Maltz is in a very similar boat. He flies under the radar, and he's you know, and and sometimes you do listen to people. And and I'm not really one that goes, that person's rubbish. He shouldn't be on the telly. But what I do say is how I phrase it is they're very lucky yeah. you know and, and it's not their fault they've been given the opportunity great for them that they have got the opportunity but there are a lot of lucky people out there that I think get positions that they don't deserve and I'm all for the right person in the right job but you know, it doesn't matter who you are mm. right person for the right job if you're good at it you get it and there are a lot of people that I think work in television that shouldn't be where they are and I've worked with a lot of good people that don't get anywhere near that position, and they're way better. And you yeah. can't understand it. I can't fathom it. But it, that's that's generally how most industries are. Not yeah. everybody that deserves to get where they should go. James Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> that's a little curveball. Isn't yeah. It? yeah, yeah. Right, next one. <laughs> Five AFC Wimbledon. Okay, who have you played with? Which player have you played with that would have fitted into the to Wimbledon's crazy gang? I didn't play with him, right? But I know who I would answer this with. Horizon did oh he probably played no Horizon. Oh I know I tell you I tell you, I tell you what, I tell you what I can say. Fishy would have fitted into that. Really? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was a lunatic. <laughs> yeah, but in a nice not a lunatic that you feared for your life when he walked in the room, a lunatic where he would just do something off the cuff and you go, why on earth have you done that? <laughs> like a Gaza type. Exactly like a Gaza really? type. And I think he's, he's obviously gone back to South Africa and found God and, he, and, and he's mellowed out, let's say that. <laughs> I think he would have fitted into that group very, very well. Really? Yeah, smashing fella. But um, yeah, you said, you unpredictable. Said Herb, I'm, I'm sure you were around the time Herman was in the squad. I thought no, 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 no? I'd gone. No, no. Really? So I missed out on Herman, missed out on Matt Holland, spoke to Matty Holland, said I'd love to have been around when Matty was playing here. You know, I, again, a kind of teammate that I think I'd have gotten well with. It's funny because you assume that you did play. No, I left here in 2002, retired in 2004. Yeah. So, um, and like I said, I mean, I... I one of those things where Curbs let me get come out of the blue, you know, me leaving here. I wasn't ready to go at all. Mm. And we signed Gary Rowett 
Um, no slant to Gary Rowett, but I'm telling the story as it is. We went up to Bolton and I was sub and Gary started. And he came, we went one nil down inside a minute, right? And he came off after two minutes. And I had to go on. And we turned the game around 1-2-1. One, one. following Saturday, I was <laughs> like thinking, that's me back in, that's me in. <laughs> Gary's out, I'm in, brilliant. Following Saturday, Gary's made a, you know, miraculous recovery. <laughs> Starts on a Saturday and I'm back on the bench. Two months later, I was gone. Never really got to the bottom of that whole scenario, really. And it's not something you really need to talk about. But yeah, you know, by December, I, I joined Reading. And in the summer, I go and come back for, I think, a John Robinson testimonial dinner or something. And Curves goes, I've let you go a year too early. <laughs> oh, cheers, Curves. <laughs> I had to take a 30% cut. You know, thanks, mate. <laughs> I was quite happy where I was. <laughs> it was you that made me leave. So, you know, it was, that, that, that was, uh, yeah, I, I don't know where or why. This, you know, this, there, was, there was clearly discussions behind the scenes and... You know, and, and John Fortune was coming through, yeah. you know, so younger model, you know, less injuries, I guess. I don't know. But, yeah, I think by, by by the end of that season, when I went back to that dinner, Curves went, yeah, I should have kept you on for another year, just even just to have you around in the dressing room. If you didn't play, no problem. Which was nice of him to say, but sadly... <laughs> yeah, too late. <laughs> yeah, too, yeah, too late. Right, last ball. 38, Fulham. Who is your poshest... Former teammate. Poshish former teammate. Oh, you're going to have to give me a minute because there ain't many. <laughs> <laughs> there isn't many either. I tell you, he was quite. I'm not saying he was posh, but um, never really swore. You know, he was very level headed. You know, uh, wrote himself a little couple of books. Would be Nels. Right. Nels was. But it wasn't posh. No, but refined. But, yes, yeah, and and never lost his temper really, and it was a was a. I, I, I tell you, those early years, when we had absolutely no money, and we were dragging Robbo up from Brighton for seventy five grand, Gats free, Nels free. The information I've said it already in this podcast, I know, but you, you, that was a big turning point because we had to put a lot of young players in the team in that period. A lot, if you look at how many come through, and we probably weren't ready. But it was those seniors that got us probably ready quicker than we, you know, we should have been ready. And there's a lot to say about that. But Gats was another one. But but Nels, Nels was, uh, yeah, you know, very intelligent and very very good with how he worded things. You know, he's he's a nice fella. Class act. Yeah, really was. Yeah, and still is to this day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much to Steve Brown. What an absolute gent. And thank you for downloading and listening to ModPod. We'll be back with another episode in about a month or so. Please do like and subscribe. I've been Gavin Billiness, and until next time, up the attics.